Welcome to Co-op Mode, a monthly video game podcast where four guys talk about a video game of their choice. My name is Mike Espy. My name's Josh Ackerman. What was that? My name is Chris. Uh, dog barking. Oh. <laughs> and I've been, and the baby is sleeping. The baby? <laughs> what baby is this you speak of? The baby. And the dog is barking. And the dragons are wrecking the Bethesda E3. Oh, yeah. All those dragons. <laughs> Bethesda. Yeah. yeah. Uh, welcome to another episode where we're going to talk about a awesome games. And this one, for the month of April, we are speaking about Resident Evil 7. Capcom's, I guess, uh, their you know their road back to the good old days. Their uh, what? How do you how do you back to their roots? That's what they call it. Uh, with this Resident Evil Seven, almost I don't know. It's not a reboot. It's just Resident Evil Seven. Anyway, I thought for some reason for a while I was like, yeah, it's a reboot or something. But they, I don't know. It's kind of a reboot, but. Not really. I mean, it does some it's similar cool. stuff. It's a, definitely a sequel, but like, I think the way that it's di- the way that it's done, uh, the what it's doing this time. I think they were talking about return to form because it's more uh, pushed it pushed into one interior place. It mm. takes place in one setting, as opposed to coming after six, which was like all over the planet. I mean, this play this six was insane. With how much it was thrown at you, so I I was I was curious as to um uh so the one thing I don't know uh, I have I've stopped playing at this point in time uh I've completed one through three and seven so refresh so and so I've I've missed. I've missed apparently number four. Obviously, I missed number four, which is supposedly like one of the best entries in the Resident Evil series. So, explain to me if it, 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 in a short form, please, four through six, like as to how I guess in a way this series kind of went downhill because it sounded like four was like cream of the crop, and then five and six was kind of like a shit show, more or less. I think Chris has played all of them. I, th- I mean, he he might know all the high points, like one and two and four and seven. I think. What you what would you say? Um, kind of depends on how you look at it. Oh. Really, I think I think I you're think, the only one though that has played like consistently yeah, the most. I've I've, I've yeah. played all of the canonical ones. I played every canonical Resident Evil. It's hard to talk about going. It's hard to say that they're going downhill because they've become very different games. So, like, what about the series as a whole, though? Because Resident Evil Five isn't anything like Resident Evil One, Two, or Three. So it's like it's hard. Yeah, you and I played Five together, and it was very action oriented, and and it was over the shoulder. Like they took the elements of Four, but then like added more. And there's and and it just wasn't as nearly as um I wouldn't well, compare it, yeah. four, five, and six to one, two, and three. I would only compare four, five, and six to each other. To each other, yeah. Okay. And the thing about 
and, and then even five and six become different than four because five and six are are, are games that you can play in co-op, so they become a very different kind of thing. I would only com- if I would I would say seven is more like one, two, and three than four, five, and six. Four, five, and six. Yeah. Also, there's Code Veronica, which is like one, two, and three. Interesting. It's really complex because Resident Evil Code Veronica is really kind of Resident Evil 3. And Resident Evil 3 is kind of more like Resident Evil 2.5 or like okay. a yeah. really big expansion pack to Resident Evil 2. Yeah, that's what it seemed in like. In fact, it, it, was cons- it wasn't. In fact, it was, it was like I was reading about it. Resident Evil 3 was conceived as a side story and Resident Evil Code Veronica was conceived as Resident Evil 3. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, like, seven but, wouldn't necessarily mean that it's like return to form because it never really was a first person. Like, this is just seven is more of a response to what well, current what. Well, it's well, hold on, Chris, because it's a it's a I, current I response. Seven. Hey, Chris, hold on. I think you I know. think it's a current res, it's a response to uh, current uh, uh, horror horror stuff like 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 Outlast or or Slenderman or any of that stuff, like you get a lot of those first person or even like fatal frame, even like maybe a current fatal frame, like anything that's like, or uh, uh, what's the one that we played uh, amnesia. Right. Yeah. That that, those have been uh, popular for a little while now, and they're doing some horror elements even better than resident evil was for the longest time. So from four to six, you know, we were starting to, we were starting to get a little bit of that, you know, and then now with seven, it's now almost like it's just catching up and doing its own version of an outlast or a, you know, uh, insert first person horror game here, you know, its own version. I mean, I would argue. Uh, uh, go- seven is definitely picking up on some of some, some elements, some, some gameplay things. Well, more probably more specifically the perspective and, and like the videotape thing, and sure. it's it's picking up on some of the things in Outlast. But I, I think it's a little reductive to say that it's doing those. Resident Evil Seven is, I'd say it's more like the original Resident Evil than it's any any recent horror game. I think the reason why this Resident Evil game is like the recent is like recent. Horror games like an Outlast or an Amnesia, because those games are like Resident Evil games from the '90s. Yeah, and it's more—it's become full circle. It's more—it's come full circle in a way. Mm-hmm. I've also uh, fair enough. What 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 I kind of like. Go ahead. I would just one thing to add to that. I would kind of compare it to like. If I was going to be real reductive of something like Metal Gear Solid Five, I would say that it's kind of like I would say it's kind of like Far Cry Three. But really, it's just that Metal Gear has existed for so long, and lots of other games that have stealth elements are taking off of Metal Gear, and a lot of those other games are kind of imitating Metal Gear. And really, what has happened with Metal Gear Solid Five is it came full circle. It was it's a lot of inspired certain games other games inspired it and now it's kind of all just kind of come back home mm. yeah it, that's the one that's what kind of what i mean when, you, when we talk i'll put in quotation home um that that's what i mean that's what i mean like like a return to form like this is what 
Resident Evil started out as, and it is. it's it, fair to say that. It's, I mean, it is I, a return to form. That's 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 where I was getting at. Is like where when I would read numerous video game outlets talk about it, this is like a return to form, and I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, that sounds great because the last time I've heard about a Resident Evil game was Resident Evil Six, and man, was that lack of a better word uh, or expression a shitstorm because it seemed like nobody liked that game at all like it was just I, I don't even know why I don't even know why so it just it just felt like word of mouth through the internet of course the internet is the internet um, that it, it, it I just got this impression from someone who was not deeply involved into the series but who has been introduced to the series and you know during the 90s of the initial release of these games you know that that stuff was like scary as fuck i remember news outlets were talking about this game how terrifying it was and it is like it was a terrifying game at the time it's it really had a really it had a really great premise and this in a way i when they say return to form yeah i i i can't i i i Agree, or I can understand what they're talking about because it is a very, very much like a tight corridor sort of space. You don't really have much wiggle room. You're you're cornered all the time. You, you you're gonna die a lot in this game, and it has some pretty damn good jump scares as well. Like it's so. I mean, to me, yeah, it's I can understand the whole return to form thing, and I can understand your argument too, Ben, because there's been very various iterations and i and i and i do wholeheartedly believe that as as an entity you should always try to evolve and try to really push yourself further than what you started out as and it just seemed like again it it just it just seemed like after when four came along people were like yeah this is like really a really great resident evil game it's not the same as one through three really but it's number four is pretty good, and then five was like okay. Then six was like uh, a complete dis- sound like a complete disaster. That's what that's where I was getting at. Just that word of mouth was just not in the context. Like how people felt about those games over time. Like Resident Evil Four was a big deal because there had been four games that were very similar to each other. Actually. I guess more than that, mm-hmm. because there was a remake of Resident Evil. There was Resident Evil. There was a couple. There was one or two online PS2 games, Resident Evil Outbreak, and they were all uh, in that in, a, in the in the vein of the original Resident Evil game. Mm. Sort of, there was the survival horror with uh, the fixed camera angles and the tank controls. And oh, then yeah. you get Resident Evil Four, which still has tank controls, but it's behind the camera. And it still has a lot of what you like about a Resident Evil game, but it's a fa- it has more action and it's faster. It's, it was different, but it's not just that it's different on its own. It executes on what it's doing really, really well. And Resident Evil 4, in its own right, like Resident Evil is a very revolutionary game, Resident Evil 4 is a very revolutionary game. It inspires games like Gears of War. It inspires any game with a third-person behind-the-shoulder view. Hmm. Okay. Really. And it, it's very, so it inspired those. And so where people get disappointed with five and six is that, you know, four is the, of a lot of people's, one of the people's favorite games from that generation. It's one of my favorite games for that generation. So you, 
5 was the first game from the Xbox 360 PS3 era of games to be a Resident Evil game. And so there's a high expectation. You know, it's and it's it's hard to fit that. Resident Evil 5 was pretty good, but, you know, it, it's kind of like... It's kind of like if every, you know, every Legend of Zelda game is really, really good, right? And it's probably amazing that any new Legend of Zelda game can be better or as good as the last because you feel like, like, you know, Breath of the Wild just came out. Can you imagine them making a better Legend of Zelda game? Like, you guys, who, you guys have played that. Can you imagine them making a better one? It's pretty hard to imagine. But you, but but you felt that before. You played Ocarina of Time, and you're like, if when by the time they're ready to release the next Legend of Zelda game, you're like, I don't know how they're gonna make a better game than Ocarina of Time. You know right. what I mean? And a lot of people have been disappointed. Like people generally like those games, but a lot of people have been disappointed with them up until Breath of the Wild. I, 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 now I'm talking about something I don't know a lot about, but I would say that probably a lot of people feel there hasn't been anything really earth-shattering and groundbreaking with Legend of Zelda since Ocarina of Time until Breath of the Wild came out. Is that a good take on that? Hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's, no. I mean, I don't know. I, I, that's, really hard to, that's really hard to say, too. I just feel like with in terms of going by 4 and 7... I was just trying the, to look for a comparison. <laughs> well, you know, I know, no, I know. I, that, that's, that's a really, I mean, that's really hard to say, just because, just because, um, I don't know that that I, I I don't know if I can really contribute to that comparison, but yeah, I will I will say comparison. I will say that I hear a lot of a lot of uh, for all the compliments I hear of four and when it first came out and with this new seven, um, I wasn't hearing those about five and six and a lot of the um, uh, 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 criticisms I'm hearing about uh, seven. I also sort of heard about four. There may there may not be the exact same, you know, like like in terms of any of this stuff. But like, uh-huh. you know, it, it is one of those things that they want to they they want to make these comparisons over time. They're pretty much saying the same thing about like the narrative and the way thing, you know, the structure and how all that stuff goes down. But anyways, uh-huh. yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I could see I could see how just as a whole, you know. It, it evolves. It's kind of like it, it, what it reminds me of. Maybe this is a different uh, uh, a comparison, but like, like the James Bond films, uh, they always in 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 the time that they come out, in the decades they come out, they're always a response to the action films of the era. The the the, the action films. There was a while there where in the nineties, he like James Bond was uh, pretty much like Schwarzenegger. He was this. He was this like things exploding, and he's on a motorcycle and he's driving away. There was a response to the action era of the eighties. Whereas like in, basically Star Wars. Whereas um whereas hang on because whereas the uh, the um the comparison to like Casino Royale onward um, was a response to Jason Bourne, the Bourne films. They were a little bit more grittier. He's using his hands more and punching and stuff like that. Like, I think that's the same thing that's going on with, with the horror genre. You know, when you think of a horror game these days, you think of like, like even like um, uh, they, they even, it, it becomes a little bit incestuous with four, four even uh, directly, uh, uh, relates to the dead space series which also iterated on on that formula and that and the, the type of horror game that comes out and the type of horror that comes out from all that so 
four iterated on Dead Space? Well, no, they Dead Space iterated on what Resident Evil four. Resident Evil 4. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I get and that. that. Going, going to my point about Resident Evil 4 was a very revolutionary game. Yeah, and yes. that So that's the expectation that SB, SB that people are going to with Resident Evil games, and that's why Resident Evil 5 is a little bit disappointing. And then, but it's still an okay game. Six is yeah. a game where they were trying to do something. I've played six to completion. So what they, clearly, the, what's pro, well, the problem with six is that they were trying to do something even different from five. It is a co-op game, but they're trying to do something different. What they were trying to do was, like, if Resident Evil is a Fast and Furious, they were trying to make Resident Evil six Fast and Furious seven. Like they were trying to, like they were trying to make it a blowout, huge thing that's taking place where that you have a viral event that's happening across the world involving a lot of characters throughout the game coming together for the first time and it didn't work. If they had executed it, it would have been a huge deal. People would have been like, it's not like old Resident Evil games, but neither is Resident Evil 4 like old Resident Evil games. Right, but right. In some ways it is like it. Resident Evil, the big deal with Resident Evil 7 it is it is the most like those original Resident Evil games that any Resident Evil game has been since before 4 came out. Right. And I and also, I agree and that... that... like, you've got... You're searching for different sets of keys. You've got, like, mm-hmm. you're in the house. Find these keys to get out this door. Now you're in the house that's... The smaller house next to the big house. Find, find whatever thing's in there. Now you're going back to the big house. And then you go into another environment and another environment. It's the exact same... Uh, pacing as the first Resident Evil game. Like, literally. In the first Resident Evil game, you're in a mansion. You go to a smaller house next to the mansion, and then you go back to the mansion. <laughs> yeah. The exact same thing. It is. It's... I mean, the formula is... Uh, it's but very... It feels fresh, and that's why yeah, people yeah. are excited about this. And then it incorporates some ideas that are from things like amnesia where you've got characters that can chase you through the environment and act more intelligently than you've ever seen enemies act in a Resident Evil game. Which and and the reason why I was saying it was a little reductive to say that it's a reaction to those is I would say that games like Amnesia are iterative of things that Resident Evil had already introduced in like Resident Evil Two and Resident Evil Three with the Nemesis and Mr. X. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's just a coming home. So with number seven, uh, I would uh, let me ask you this: like, what was? I don't want to say not just the whole return to the form fact uh, factor, but so you're you're saying, Chris, like you know, it has the the similar the similar formula, and I it, it, I'm gonna take a wager that this similar formula uh, works quite well. Um, and, yeah. if, and, if, and in fact, I think one of the best things about this game uh, until until th- I would say the end of the game where I have issues uh, not not terrible but it's just more like it, it kind of becomes a different game but up, up until then I really loved the pacing uh, of this game like the very the very thing the very first thing is that you are slowly walking through some woods and you get to this this house in Louisiana this 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 cabin this jacked up cabin and 
slowly everything around you just reeks of just like, you know what? I, I should really just turn around, go back, and just not deal with this shit. Like, the, like, like within the first 15 minutes of the game, it was just clearly evident, like, this is going to be bad. Like, there's just no... Like it, it feels like a horror trope to a to degree, and I remember I actually had that feeling of like I know I have to go this way, but I don't really want to go this way. Pretty much, yeah. Cause uh, cause uh, I, I like that feeling. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I it, have that feeling a lot where I'm just like, fuck this shit. I'm not going in there. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's uh, right. uh. So what? I'm not sure what many of the listeners know is that Josh, myself, and Ben. Uh, we actually all played together. Now, this game is not co-op, but what I, what I mean is that we all started the game at the same time and kind of talked each other through it because, let's face it, at least Josh and I are were um, chicken shit to do it by ourselves. Like, There's there's no question about it because even what, what you're talking about, Chris, like within the first 10 minutes of the game, and Josh was like, if I lost my girlfriend, and and, and this is where we let, ended up, fuck this shit. Just, just, <laughs> just walk away. I don't think it's going to work out, baby. <laughs> it is kind of weird that you don't. Me. <laughs> I mean, I guess, I guess that kind of defeats the purpose, like, on, like, a horror movie trope of, like, why wouldn't you just call the police? Or why wouldn't you just... Right. Like, oh, right. I don't know. He just... He go, but, like, but they don't really go into a really good why he's got to go do it other than it's just oh well that's just my that's just the i gotta find her like why like what why would you not call the cops why not give us a reason for right. not for not doing it? and you could just write it away in like one line even and, and i don't know if he ever, they ever said but it does kind of feel like very tropey of like well gotta take care of this myself because i gotta get out there i've never been there i've never been down to the south or nothing but here we go he doesn't okay he doesn't have any concrete evidence first and foremost and he does and it, and there does a, a cop does arrive in this game like that is addressed yeah. give me your gun <laughs> yeah no way yeah uh, yeah that's here's a knife instead here's a knife that's weird <laughs> Somebody in localization needed to like explain to the Japanese writers like this is not how you deal with cops in movies. <laughs> yeah, it is completely. I, I don't know. I don't know. Like maybe maybe in the maybe in the middle of the country in Louisiana, something like that would happen. But <laughs> I, I I can't I can't I can't speak from experience. I have never had this experience before. <laughs> I've never had my girlfriend disappear on me like this, and I have to go through a creepy shack where weird people start chasing after me and then oh my god the first half hour of the game where you actually do after like well actually here i'm getting i'm getting a little too ahead of myself here uh the one thing before you actually encounter any any of these characters um is that you actually encounter a vhs tape and this is like one of the best aspects about this game. So you put the VHS type uh, VHS type in uh, tape in, and it starts playing. But the thing is, instead of just like you just watching, you actually play out the VHS tape, which is probably one of my favorite uh, things about the game. Uh, I absolutely love it. Is it the inevitability that you know that 
if it's not uh, Mia you're playing as, that you know your character's probably gonna die. Yeah, pretty much. That made, that, that made me not want to ever put those tapes. Like, not, <laughs> not want to start those tapes because I knew it would be it would be coming. Totally. It's, it's, it's a really good. Uh, I mean, it's really it's a really good way to to like as you know as the main player you're empowered enough to avoid dying except when you mess up but it's another thing when you play a char- a, you know another character and there's no you know there's no you can't assume that your character is going to live and so that adds a whole new tension of like this character might just die right, playing right. and the very the very first uh the very first video was an excellent introduction of uh, once again of these three re- not necessarily reporters, but looks like people who wanted to create their own TV show, um, go into yeah. the go into the house, and it ends up just going bad. Just really, oh, really. These guys were just basically breaking and entering on somebody's property. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just love how he's fucking laughing here. Like, were they was that family not over in the big house? Like. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember. They didn't really go into detail. <laughs> I just I just now thought about that. It's though. absurd. Like, yeah. yeah. I, I was I'm a little pissed. I was I got a little pissed because I found out later that the first coin was in that videotape. Oh really? Were like there's, uh, like there's something like you had to unlock a drawer as the as the cameraman or something. So you could <laughs> as Ethan open that drawer later to get the coin. I guess something like that. Oh, that's that's silly. Wow, that's really silly. Yeah. All right, well, oh, oh well. Anyway, so now, so not only that, um, it was a, uh, I thought it was pretty. I mean, I I just love 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 love, love that aspect of, um. Uh, of that game so much like it was probably one of my favorite things about it to say the least um and not only that the atmosphere just in general was fantastic and then you once you finally you actually early on like it was really weird because i thought i had um i shouldn't say i thought because initially when i saw this game it was not um it was not my first time playing through it. I, I had watched someone played through all of it beforehand a couple of years ago. And oh, really? yeah, yeah. I, 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 I told you that guys, I, I told you guys that ahead of time. I forgot. Yeah. I forgot. And I didn't realize that you found your girlfriend. Like I kept thinking like you're going to find your girlfriend until the very end of the game, but you actually find her really early on. And that's when, oh man, that's when she gets real. Somebody say she finds you. Oh, this. Oh, I see. I see what you did there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. She finds you, and to some degree, and that's yeah. Josh put it. Yeah, stuff gets real. Like she gets really weird. And it starts unfolding like she turns into this this demented person. Her she gets really veiny. Her eyes get black, and she's just like going, just raging on you. Like and you, like nothing you do can really 
I guess in a way hurt her or kill her or it seems like it does or doesn't. And man, that opening sequence when she just takes a, a takes that nail and drills your hand to the wall and you're just like, what's going to happen next? And then you just hear the sound of this get <laughs> of this chainsaw revving up. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, like this is. Oh no, this is bad. This is really bad, guys. And yeah, your hand gets cut off, right? And the, like them like this is the very beginning of the fucking game. I'm sitting there thinking, what the shit? Dude, you don't expect them to actually be like, nope, you, you got your hand cut off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like is this, this is like this it, it, it was like this is yeah, like like you said, Chris. Like, there's like it was not a dream sequence. Like, this is happening. Like, and this is like the, within the first hour of the game, and I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, oh, this game is gonna throw more stuff at me, and I'm already on edge. Like, I'm already on edge within the hour one of this game, and I don't know how how I'm gonna handle it. But that's when you have your your other but your other pals with you to help you out. That's that that that's you got that moral support, guys. Trust me. Your pals are Smith and Weapon? Uh, no, my pals Ben Teed and Josh Ackerman. Because there's, oh. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna tell you what, man. There is no way in fucking hell that I would have played this game all by myself. Within that first hour, I'd be like, nope, I'm done, done, bye. Just like I would have turned it off. Would have. That's fair, cause, cause uh, that my that, this how this was my second playthrough with with you guys. And it was it was fun to kind of know when things were coming up this time, and I I know what you mean I know what you mean when you say like oh I don't know if I would ever if I would ever if I could even finish this game that feeling when you were playing by yourself I had con- I constantly had throughout this whole experience that first experience I, I kept thinking like I don't know if I'm gonna make it through this is really because I, I, I'm not I'm not someone who plays a horror games I don't think I don't think any of us are except maybe Chris. No. Um, and you know, like Outlast, like the reason I'm still, I'm too chicken shit. (laughs) Right. It's like, and and the thing is a lot of the times, except for, well, and and I'll, and I'll tell you why I think, I'll I'll tell you why I think, why I think we have this sort of thing. I think it's because it's very easy for games to do the thing where it, 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 like a monster pops out of a closet. It's mm-hmm. very, very difficult to build a mood and build it slowly. That first, like, three hours of the game, I don't think you fight any, like, real enemies. Everything else is just, like, scripted events and stuff like that. In order to yeah. build a moment and to build atmosphere and to build creepiness, you don't know what's coming. Yeah. And to be able to do that and have that southern uh, southern satanic panic type of type of thing going on, you know, like, like where you're, like, like, I don't know if there's a phobia for people in the American South, but like that's what I was feeling. Like I was feeling like, oh my gosh, these are crazy psychopathic hillbillies, and they're and you like, don't know a special if, type they're, of... if they're possessed by something or if they're just fucking weirdos. Yeah, right? yeah, that's so like Luke, Lucas. Lucas, the son, is obviously the most energetic, and he's the one that's most in your face, and he's getting in your in your grill and like poking at you and stuff like that. He's the one that is like the most unpredictable, creepiest type of you know villain or whatever whereas i feel like even 
Yeah, and I, well, the, all the performances were fantastic. I thought. Yeah. I thought, I thought the yeah, performances were. were good. I don't necessarily know if I would call the the narrative necessarily the best, but it it was serviceable it's to the point where narrative. Yeah, yeah. certainly. Um, and, and even in comparison to other Resident Evil games, this one just felt tighter, and especially coming off of six, it just felt a little bit better because you kept it contained. It, they kept it very simple, a very simple story, a very simple setting, but was able to build. Um, I always thought like a better like there's so many there's so many uh, games these days that are trying to do. Uh, they call it open world sandbox type of world or whatever. And Chris, I, I don't, I, I think I mentioned to you guys, maybe, maybe not. I don't know, but I feel like, like, just build like a street, a, 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 make your level just a street, and then in, within that street, just put like all of these details and atmosphere and make it look really, really good and, and make that your thing. Build up just that street. And then if you put the energy that you put into an open world into just one concentrated area, who knows what kind of interesting things you can make out of that space. And I think that's kind of the, the elements of what they're trying to do here. Now, this is multiple areas, you know, and I think the right pacing now. has been a lot. Yeah, I think the pacing's a little bit better in those, but yeah. That's where I'm at right now. In terms of uh, what you just said, as far as open world, I'm at. I'm at. I'd rather just have a nice, well-designed space like this. I mean, I would call this. I mean, it's not. It's not an open world in the sense that there's a lot to visit. But I would call. I've always said that you could go back and say that these Resident Evil environments are kind of open worlds, at least hubs. I would they're contiguous spaces. I would say they're hubs. I mean, and th- 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 I like a well-designed hub over an open world. Generally, yeah, like the the amount of events in this game and the 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 anticipation and release is well thought out, and also sometimes there the level of chaos in this game. When I, I mean when I mean chaos, it's like I'm not like like explosions or anything like that but th- what i mean by chaos i mean in, from an emotional standpoint because the very first time i experienced that chaos was when i you know got out of the chair and i released myself from being held captive from that family mama daddy and the son were there and that was a whole lot of weird that just was just a whole lot of weird and then I started roaming through the hallways. Next thing you know, I see him down the hallway. He starts chasing me. And so, of course, I dip through the, through the rooms, get around him because he's got this huge-ass shovel with him. And he's going, I know he's going, I know he's got one intention with that thing. And it's not for digging holes. It is for my fucking face. That's what it's for. And I'm running the other direction. And as I was running down the hallway... I see (laughs) he comes busting through the walls and I'm, I'm sitting there screaming my ass off. Like just, it just caught me by surprise because that was something I was not expecting whatsoever. I was not expecting this character just to to bust through the walls. I've never, I, you know, I've seen that in movies all the time. I feel like I've seen that in movies plenty of times where I go, of course they would do that. It's, that's, it's, you know, it's supposed to build suspense. It's supposed to make, you know, tension. 
But I was so call back to Resident Evil Two. Oh, there's a character that that you're that's chasing you that does that. So when that happened, I was like, "Oh, you bastard! You did it again." Oh, uh, Mr. X, are you, are you yeah. referring to Mr. X? Yeah. Also, that's not scripted. If you are sneaking by, it won't happen. It's only if you make noise that it happens, and it can happen later, too. So, like, it, like I, like I, like he busted through, and like I think he killed me or something, and then I snuck by, and then later when you come back and you haven't killed him yet, I wasn't being careful, and then he busted through the wall. So, like, it can happen later. Oh. And he got me. He got me two times. Dude, that Maverick. No. Dude, that scared the shit out of me so bad. That was That's terrifying. It was one of the most uncomfortable experiences I had. And then he did catch me. He chopped off my foot, but also <laughs> he made me crawl towards him to get like a really like a upgraded med kit so that I could heal myself by attaching my foot back to my leg because that works in video games. But uh, <laughs> uh, and then I. Yeah, he he chopped my foot off, and then I had to crawl and get my foot, and you are and heal myself, and that was it. And I was like, "That's this is great. This is just a pleasant experience." Um, how did you guys take? How, how did you guys take that first fight with him in the garage? Oh, <laughs> how did that go down? Oh, that was awesome. <laughs> For me, I found out later you can do it different ways. Oh, yeah, I didn't really know that either. For me, I uh, killed him by driving into that, like, post or whatever. Is that Okay, so you got him in the car. Yeah, I did. Well, the first time he beat me to the car, and and I I got killed. (laughs) And then the second time, Mm. when I was fighting him, I got in the car, and I did, and I did use the car. Okay. I feel like that's the only way, though, isn't it, in that? But, no. I watched somebody else do it without getting in the car at all. I don't remember what I was watching, but I watched wow. somebody do it. That's impressive because him in the car, like you getting in the car, just felt like the most. Like if if you can, if you keep avoiding him while he's in the car, he will just crash the car and destroy it. Right. And then I think eventually get set on fire. Yeah. And... Yeah. That's what happened in mine. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, both both times I played. Oh, so you didn't get in the car. Man. Uh no no no! I, oh excuse me, that happened the first time I played. The second time, no wait, I think I played that sequence more than twice, because I've had both happen. But I want to say this happened this time. He got uh he got in the car and beat me to it and it exploded. Yeah i i got I got in the car and started ramming him, and then he got on top of the car and then he I would say after I I guess after you hit him. X amount of times, maybe like with three, I guess. I'm going to say three is the magic number. He actually gets on top of the car, and he takes control of it, and he drives into the steel beam, uh, killing himself. And then yeah. that shit explodes, and then he comes back up, uh, up at you again, and you have a gun, and you take, he takes that gun, and he, pull, and he puts the gun in his mouth and pulls the trigger for you. And I was like, oh... Okay, I've had enough of him. Maybe we're done. Maybe we're done with this experience with this guy. And I was wrong. It just kept, it just prolonged. It just, he just, okay, God, that fucking character's so good, though. Just so well acted. Um, but it just kept going and going and going. But yeah, like, 
I think that's what, what I'm trying to convey to the viewers. Like this, like these experiences in tight corridors with characters that you cannot kill until uh, you reach a certain point in the game. And that's the most terrifying thing is that they can kill you. And you just, you, you, you start to understand patterns that they, that they, um, that they do, but it's a little, maybe it's not as much of a pattern, but anyway, these characters are well acted. And that the point that they all have the same motive, but I will say though, while daddy did scare the shit out of me, I don't know about the sun that much. I thought the sun was really psychotic, which was really terrifying too. But the mom, oh god, the mom really just gave me the heebie-jeebies. Um, mainly, uh, mainly because of those bugs. Like she always like gave birth to those. So is it is it particular to the boss battle that you were talking about with the bugs and how unsettling or that she made you feel? Oh, or oh what, overall, what overall, about? like so. So here's the thing: uh, when I was talking about the anticipation and release, each character, and, and the mom especially was the the one that really um, got in my skin and like in the best way, like the best horror possible way, is that oh, okay. Um, was that she was like she didn't really chase after you at all like daddy like daddy like scared the shit out of me sometimes because he would pop around a corner he's like i found you and then and i you know have my high-pitched scream and i run the other direction because you know that i wasn't again it was another it was it was another event that's not scripted that surprised the hell out of me but with her it was always slow and methodical but yet she always had those bugs and the sound design of those bugs were so good to me the sound design of those little bugs that the mom released like the mom released was so uncomfortable like i don't know about you guys but anytime i heard those things i got i got i got scared i got terrified of them if i didn't you know that even if I didn't see them and then I heard them, I go, I'm running the other direction. I don't see them in front of me right now. I am running straight towards this open air, like an area that I don't see them in my peripheral vision whatsoever. I'm going, I'm gone. I don't want to be around them anymore because they give me the heebie jeebies because that's, that is, I mean, and that's, I think it's a, a testament of what this game does exceptionally well. And that's atmosphere. It's sound design in particular the sound is so good in this game and so effective that just the bugs just bugs alone just is like nope just gone just like i'm done just burn it with fire kill it with fire that's all i want to do with it right now Uh you mentioned margaret marguerite doesn't chase you like like uh uh oh gosh i can't think of the i never felt like she did is it jack um I think it was most Jack. She does. She chases you in the second house, and and uh, she chases you. Oh, like that's right. A, it's a, a, it was more a of like a stealthy thing. Way. Stealthy mission kind of thing. Like you yeah. Had, oh mean, yeah. She's, she's like walking around the house and she's yelling out your name. Got that lantern. And she's gonna kill you. Oh right. Yeah. I'm sorry. I yeah, completely forgot uh, about that for a second. No, that's fine. But but like but but unlike Jack, and the the fight with him, there's a little bit more strategy to to her to her uh uh boss fight as well that actually is kind of my 
criticism about the game. Um, I, I don't have very many, but I was going to say, I think, I think one of the problems with the boss fights is there's no real good indication that anything that you're doing is hurting them. Effective. Yeah. Like yeah, even like within that, yeah. Like when I would fire at, at Marguerite, I, I couldn't understand what, I mean, she might've been in the middle of an animation or something like that. And I couldn't understand if, if what I was doing was, was helping at all. And, um, and this, I think the same thing kind of went for, especially because uh, Jack and, and Marguerite can, can uh, pretty much uh, uh, regenerate mm-hmm. and regenerate their health. So um, you could do stuff down in the garage, you know, when you're fighting him with the car or which, which of course is mostly scripted, but then you get to the point with the, like the, the, um, the chainsaw where you kind of feel like, I don't know if this is really doing anything. Um, yeah. To the point where, where I was like, okay, I really need to kind of figure out what they're, what they're intending me to, to do. Whereas like when you fight the molded, that's a little bit different. That one's got maybe more, uh, like what would you say? Like, uh, like you can shoot it in the head, like a, like a regular zombie in in um, in Resident Evil or something like that. Or you can there there are certain indicators, like when it falls over or its head falls off or something like that, that you're doing this right or you're doing it. You know, you're trying to get it correct. Yeah. And I was only ever really sure about that when I saw the tips on the loading screen that explained mm, okay. the molded. Yeah. And I agree with you on the boss fights. I to avoid wasting a bunch of ammo on them, I ended up reading strategies just to see right, what, okay. what you're what you're what you're supposed to do because there was nothing that would really like you said, mm-hmm. there's no there's not an indicator. There's no like they drop to the ground or they glow red or there's nothing indicating like, oh, I am actually hurting them except that fight with uh the sun when he's a giant blob. No, that's not what it was. That was Jack again, wasn't it? No, no, no. It was the giant blob. Yeah, it was like this giant... giant blob was... uh, Wasn't that... uh, um, It was Jack again. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Daddy comes back. Because I ended up being really confused about it because I read later that that was was Jack, and I'm like, whoa, I thought that was Lucas. So Lucas, (laughs) you don't actually... But anyway... Oh, good. The glowing eyes, like only the only reason why I knew the only reason why I figured that out is because it was the eye things and you could destroy them. And I was like, and it was clear. Yeah. The only thing that wasn't clear is you had to actually destroy them all. So I still had to read, read a guide on that one. <laughs> I got lucky with that one because I had one grenade launcher. Am- like I had one grenade launcher ammo left and I totally missed my shot. But the fire in its underbelly, uh, the underbelly. Mm. The fire did the damage to the underbelly, and it actually killed the boss. I was like, oh, well, I will take it right now, and I win for this. I win for doing something. I fucked up. I fucked up my shot, but yet I still won. And that scripted part, you have to actually have ammo, and if you mess it up, to do it over. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, wait. Okay, Okay, never mind. Yeah, that 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 whole bit was pretty. It was fun. Yeah, but uh, but to to your point about the whole boss battles, I'm gonna put it to, I'm gonna give you guys some perspective here. I fought Daddy four times. Okay, four times. My fourth time, I I was just so flustered because 
like what you guys just mentioned, there was no clear indication as to how am I doing damage? Am I doing enough damage? I don't know. So what did I do? I ran out of ammo because for some reason I completely forgot that I had, I was able to go back with the scorpion key and get the shotgun, but I only had a hand pistol at the time and I just kept thinking I had to defeat daddy first in order to get that shotgun, which I could have gone back in the first place. So this is a complete user error, but to my point, ran out of ammo, my fourth playthrough. That's a very Resident Evil thing to have happen to you too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Well, here's the it best is. part. Like, I-, I knifed that fucker, and I still won. I swung my pocket knife. Just just took my pocket knife and just got in his face and started just, just knifing him the whole time. And you know what? I don't know why, but doing that got me faster to him uh, picking up the chainsaw, his whatever the hell of a contraption of a chainsaw device that was, he like that was a lot faster than shooting him in the head. I don't know why, but mm. it, I it was just kind of one of those things that left me confused. I was laughing, and when I got my chainsaw, that's when I was like, okay, I feel like I, I'm I'm on even grounds here, even though I'm probably not on even grounds here. But again, neither boss battle, with the exception of the glowing eyes, which are clear indicators that this is, these are the points I need, these are my markers I need to hit. But between Jack and Marguerite, I had no clue. Like, Marguerite was such a pain in the ass. Like, it was one of the hardest battles I had to, uh, she was one of the hardest bosses in this game for me. And that was the one where she's crawling on the. Yeah. The ceiling I stuff, yeah. I went I had a full arsenal of flamethrower, grenade launcher, and I believe it was a shotgun. And I got down to two shotgun shells and finally like defeated her or something to that effect where it was just abysmally low or it just I had so much little am- I had very little ammo. Did you have the grenade launcher? Uh yeah. I used all my grenade launcher ammo on her. For whatever I read stra- a strategy guide on, on, on what you needed to do with her to avoid that frustration. Oh, please what do share. Was? Please share. I just want to know now. I it took me like three tries. I want to know now. What? I I know I, what? Just tell me like what was the strategy? What did the strategy guy say? Oh, because I, I still mean, don't fucking know. It, it you just have to shoot her. I mean, it was basically just comes down to shoot her directly, and. <laughs> uh... You have to keep her her net her uh, the bee nest at bay, basically. <laughs> Shoot her directly. Uh, I mean, I, I don't remember it being I don't remember it being that complex. I don't remember. I is what I'm saying. I don't remember there being anything real special. <laughs> don't be a baby. There was a way. To, there was a special way to avoid the nest or, or her bees. Oh, and that was oh, you had to make sure you had the flamer with you. <laughs> I don't. Uh, and there was there was plenty of there was plenty of ammo uh, oh, throughout. It's just I just think in general, um, <laughs> just shoot know, directly. God he, damn it. Well, yeah, you do. You just and then and then what I think the we fuck do you think burn. I was doing, Ben? <laughs> we were bringing the burner. I'm not. I'm not I know. I'm not, you, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not mad. But I'm I do think. Angry. I do think that. Uh, um, <laughs> She also well, has in. I believe there are invincibility frames. Like if you hit her. 
I think you have to stop shooting, otherwise you're wasting ammo. Oh, yeah. I learned that the hard way. I found out yeah, what that yeah, meant. She, she moves like a uh, like an insect, too. She like I remember her animations in that section. Yeah. She doesn't move like a, like a regular human-looking thing. She she moves like a, like a just a real creepy animation with her. Uh, but also um, her... What is it called? Like a what, she was she was like hatching bugs or something like that from a very unfortunate place. Um, <laughs> for her. So it was really like it, it just made it all that more upsetting. But once again, like the fact that we had this kind of trouble, it was. Oh, it was so gross. Um, but Jack, uh, not Jack. You fight Jack like three times. I feel like in that game. I feel like. I never noticed this before, but I always thought it was Lucas that you fought at the end where he gets all like big in that room and you have to shoot all like the, the glowing pustule things or whatever. But in uh you actually, but you actually don't you actually don't fight Lucas until uh, the DLC. So Wait, what? That's, that, uh you don't actually the fight the Redfield DLC? Yeah, I actually played the um the I haven't what's gotten it? to it. Uh it's, yeah, it's called Not a Hero and it came Not free with, with every game. Yeah. Every, every game Oh. That you get, you can play it for free, so you don't have to. You can just really, yeah. You can you should yeah. be able to just get it uh, if you have the if you have if you bought the game. Um, That's so what, what we were talking it? about. That that big blob is Jack. Yeah, right. exactly. And then and then of course um, I was very confused about it. Evelyn it's at the very Lucas. end. <laughs> yeah, Evelyn's at the very end. She turns into that big thing that like picks you up and carries yeah. you. So yeah, I got a question though. Oh, because at the end of the game, you hear Chris Redfield talk about how Lucas, like, like he's gone. We got to catch up with him. Exactly. So oh, which was right. what confused me. I'm like, did I not kill him? Wasn't he the blob? And then I read. I think I read that the like. I think I was looking at a strategy guide and it referred to the blob as Jack. And I'm like, oh, okay. Right. That yeah, threw so, me off, um, yeah. So in in Not a Hero, well, let's let's get through that stuff and I'll talk about Not a Hero cuz okay. it's very different. But um but I was going to say Evelyn, you fight her at the end and you, and it's literally just comes down to just survive cuz you're just firing into her like in like her, you know, remember how she had like big head, big head, yeah, big face or whatever. Right. And it's just like survive until the house falls falls apart and and then, yeah. you know, uh, stars is there is it stars or is it umbrella i can't remember umbrella like... it's it's i think it's called neo umbrella <sighs> is what it's called it's really right, fucking right. confusing because chris redfield works for them and the company is and and the organization is called umbrella i think it's supposed to be kind of like a like a like a fucking screw you to umbrella like we're this organization i it's really it was introduced in resident evil 6 that's like the connective dna to resident evil 6 it's confusing mm-hmm. Interesting. So, oh, well, I did not. Okay. Anyway, I had no idea, and I I couldn't understand why Chris Redfield was in the first place. Well, I'll explain why here in a second when we chat about. So, also, like, so before, let's, Evelyn, um, a little girl, and it turns out, uh, well, throughout our our conversation, we forgot to mention another, we, we forgot to mention another character, which was the grandma. Uh, mm-hmm. who was involved, like, who was there the whole time, but she would randomly appear in different locations of the, the house, the shack, everywhere, and it was very unsettling because she would not speak a word. She would just kind of look at you and just kind of just hang out there. And I was like, okay. 
and you can't do anything to her at all as far as i know it's just she just just rocks in her chair and just well and she doesn't do anything to you she doesn't bother you you don't bother right it's just kind of this weird but she is part of the the family uh the name of the yeah 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 she's part of the family what are their names uh, I forget. Uh, the whole house. It's like a big mansion of theirs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I, uh, I, well, I remember. I, anyways, anyway, so she's there the whole time, but nothing ever happens. And then at the near the when you get to the end of the game, there she is, just hanging out there. And it kind of turns out that this is, um, well, not actually, no, the little girl Evelyn is there, and you're trying to figure out why the fuck is this little girl who's been. I think maybe like what what would you say halfway through the game she comes into play and she's creepy as hell and of course the model that little girl like she says like I'm like that's one scary white girl man like that was just so like just her face like her facial animation was just so creepy it's like it kind of reminded me of like a doll like it just kind of she she kind of reminded me of like a doll a little bit like those I don't know what kind of dolls those are but porcelain, doll. porcelain dolls? Oh yeah. A porcelain doll. Yeah. yeah. Those are I those don't really are... Find, I don't really find I, I got to take your word for it. I don't really find I've never found children creepy in like any movies or anything like that. Bro. Like not even really? the, not even the omen stuff. No, yeah, it just never I don't it's not like I'm like oh don't work on me cuz obviously if some kid like jumped out and was trying to scare me obviously but like I don't know. I just never really found kids in horror scary. I never really understood it. Even like the ring and stuff like that. I didn't really get it. Like, well, I, mean, I get, I get it, but I, I don't. I just never bought into it. I well, guess. I want that. I want that gene or DNA you have in your system to not, you know, think that because uh, yeah. it's uh it's certainly affected on. It, it's certainly effective on me because she did. Same. She was very unsettling. Yeah, yeah. Children are just creepy in general. Um, <laughs> uh, um, yeah, go but, ahead. Uh, but uh, the, well, so, the, the reveal, okay. the reveal of the grandma was Evelyn. That, that 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 at the end of the game, that that's that's what it was. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense. That I get it. That works for me. And but also, uh, we're jumping around here. But this is the one time the game. I I have to I have to ask you guys about this one part. In the game where you're given a choice, um, it's the only time that you're given a choice between saving, like, giving the cure to t- between two characters, and that is uh, your girlfriend Mia and Zoe. Now, I thought, now I, of wow. course, of course, I gave my the cure to Mia because I was like, well, that's the, that's been the whole point of the game right now. Uh, that was mm-hmm. my objective, so I did that. I gave the cure to her. And I didn't know about this. I read online that if you gave the cure to Mia, she obviously survives and, you know, she survives to the end. If you give the cure to Zoe, Zoe dies and then uh, Zoe still dies. um, And then Mia will also die because you killed her when you encountered her on the ship. Like you give her a crowbar to the head. (laughs) Shit. And so, what's weird is that what? you you could kill her right there, but you still play as her on the ship. Like that's what I ended up doing. Like I ended up playing. Huh. No, um, no, no, you yeah. do play as Mia first, and then as Ethan. But 
You go back to Ethan eventually, but yeah, you, yeah. I got confused about who you were playing as on the ship right away, honestly, because I saved Zoe and I thought I was playing as Zoe, and then it became clear that I was playing as Mia. <laughs> yeah, apparently so I could see how you would do that. Yeah, but yeah, apparently Zoe just dies regardless. So I was like, oh. What a waste! What a fucking no! I was just, just that was such a waste. I go, what? Like, it, really? Like that's so funny. It's so cheap. It's just so not cool, man. Not at all. So, but yeah, like that's I. I just remember reading that, and then the just the two ending and the choices. Like, did you did you guys think that was weird? Like the one time in the game you're like given the choice, and did you think that? Like, it made like, me did, think that they did, were giving the illusion of choice now that we know both endings. Yeah. Like like they were trying just trying to trick you once again and just letting you know that. Well, hey, like, what would be the purpose really though? Matters. Like what's like what's the whole Yeah. Like what's what's Because you don't you don't make another you don't make another uh decision like that ever again. That's like the only time so, in the game though you do that. Right. That's, that's why I thought like it was that. just weird. Like I just thought it was extremely weird that throughout this whole game, like you don't have any major choices at all you're just kind of going through um the motions of like uh the events and now it's uh happening here it's like i don't know but i'm like what the hell why why is this i don't know like i'm sorry I'm, i'm sorry i'm rambling but it was just so bizarre that 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 decision just came up randomly like i need to give you one of you two the cure like okay i'm giving it to my girlfriend all right, whatever. I liked it because it made me feel smart. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't remember, I don't remember why I ended up choosing Zoe. I think I chose Zoe because... I she was, was helping I, you. Because she was helping me. And she, she, was only, she seemed to be the only person who had any understanding about what was going on. So my thinking was, all right, I'm going to take Zoe because we'll come back for you. Because Zoe's helpful right now. Yeah, she's and, the one that's actually getting you through this. Whereas, like yes. Mia's just just not really. I mean, I mean, you know, not to she not attacked no you to Mia, but like, she's <laughs> yeah. like attacking you, and she's obviously under a lot of like, I don't know. She's just this she's virus. This she's, virus, she's, she's, yeah. The virus, yeah. That's what she's under. But yeah. But at the same time, I, but the game. No, Mia was a fucking. Uh, whatever she ended up being, I don't know if it was clear who she was working for. Yeah, I'm oh, Zoe or Mia? Mia. Yeah, Mia. Mia took a like a like a babysitting job or something. Like it was all like, oh, I'm here, I'm here babysitting, I'm here being like a nanny for this family or something. Oh, she was working. Like it for, was like she was working for the whoever was transferring, uh, the girl. Yeah, mm. yeah. She was part of that. She was part of that crew. She was part of that team. But it, and I, but I wasn't. It, they're not working with Chris Redfield, so I assume that they're not supposed to be good guys. Right? They weren't yeah, I get it. Neo Umbrella or whatever that that is. But knowing, but knowing that ending, like how it played, how it both played out, and how Zoe gets pretty much the shaft regardless, I was like, okay, then. Well, I'm. That's why yeah. my decision felt justified because I'm like, this game did not really do this character any justice because at the end of it, it's like she died regardless. I'm like. That's kind of tragic. Okay, well, cool. I guess I don't know. I didn't. It's just one of those things. I actually did not appreciate how they handled that character whatsoever. Like I just felt awful for her. Like she just dies. I'm like, cool. That's 
really great guys really awesome <laughs> yeah no, i don't think i don't think narrative is this it's not as strong I, I, didn't, I didn't come in i didn't come in thinking well that no I like, like narrative but at the same time That's true, i didn't at the same time you're it's like there's things like i can let go and be like fine yeah whatever but this character like who is helping you throughout this entire game and the game's like nah nah you're done like we have nothing to do with i don't know how we're gonna she's gonna just they just end the character that's how it just pretty much was like eh i guess you just die i guess that's all you serve your purpose and just kept thinking like wow that's really actually evidently she didn't die what okay dlc where you oh my god she lives and you play what happens next Cool. Oh, good. Oh, good. You guys didn't know that? No. No. I haven't. I haven't played it. I haven't played it yet. Okay. I haven't played it yet. But there's an uncle in the family or something like that, and I can't remember. Like he finds her, and I can't. You either play as him or you play as her. I can't remember. I have the DLC. I haven't played it yet. Well, I'm curious to know when you if you when you play Chris, let me know because at up until this point, the base game. The base game, I'm just not really happy how they handled it at this point. <laughs> I don't know. I definitely well what is that? A squeaky What's dog a toy. Squeaky toy? Um uh, so there is a uh oh, no worries. Uh, the 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 I did know about um not a hero and then banned footage one and two as DLC. But uh, I I just now realized about End of Zoe, and I had seen that, but I haven't. End of Zoe, that's what it is. End of Zoe, yeah. Um, but let me tell you about let me tell you real quick about uh, Not a Hero. So it's about maybe an hour and a half long, and it takes place directly after uh, Seven, and you play as Chris, and it turns the whole thing into like a shooter. Like it uses a lot of the same elements, mm-hmm. but uh, and there's a lot of like timer stuff, like get stuff done within the limit, time limit, or something like that, or hurry up and get to this point, or something like that. And you're pretty much given like this special uh, umbrella suit that you can not um, not an umbrella suit, but like, <laughs> but not like a Mario umbrella suit or something like that, but like a but more like a, a like a looks kind of like a Master Chief type of stuff like the the way the hud is and stuff mm-hmm. really and, um yeah yeah I like the, to fucking play this yeah oh it's 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 okay it's not bad i'm glad it was free let's just say that like it, uh, is, it, is it in the vein of that mia flashback on the boat mm-hmm. like as shit's falling apart on the boat and you're playing as mia is it kind of in that vein where that's more of a shootery portion so no, it's actually oh. it actually changes the idea of the game. So what you actually do, like I would I would call what you do in Resident Evil Seven survival horror. You are you are using very little items you have to get through to the next section to the next portion. Blah blah blah. But the I would say for not a hero, it turns it into an all out shooter. I mean, they give you. They give you ammo. They give you all sorts of stuff to get you ready, and and get you going to like take out many uh, molded at a time. And then certain guns do certain things, and you have to get certain bullets and and all that. So, and it's about an hour of like actiony shooting type of stuff. Um, also very violent and stuff like that. But what's kind of interesting is it uses some of the same elements that you. Like, like obviously, much like in a lot of DLC that you get, 
they'll reuse uh, assets, art assets and, and stages and stuff like that. But this was all new content. So um, I, I, I liked it and I, and I, I, I don't know if I'd want a full game like that because it does, it does kind of feel like actiony in the way six does. Yeah. But, uh, but still it was nice to, to kind of have like a break from, from the survival horror. Never once in, I'll just say this never once in not a hero. Do you feel like you are scrounging for, Oh, I better not take, should I take this gun or should I take that gun? They just offer you whatever you have in your thing and they just give it to you. You are, you are Mr. Like, let's shoot their heads off type of guy, you know? Oh, that sounds nice. So, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and it's a change of pace and it, and it, and it, and it goes very quickly. I think I, I sat down and played it in one sitting, um, which was, which was also very nice for me, especially these days. But also being able to sit and have like like a, a, a full experience, but it also explains what happens to Lucas and what will happen to Lucas eventually. Like you know, it, it's it's a score somehow a score to settle between Lucas and and uh, and and uh, Chris, Chris Redfield, I guess, because Ethan is is helicopter helicoptered away at this point. He is gone. So so yeah. I th- it was uh that wasn't there I remember in the main story there was something about Lucas made a deal with somebody. Like the people who brought what's the girl's name? Mia? Or Zoe? No, the, the Eva? little girl. Eva. Eva. Eve. Didn't he like Lucas make Eva. some sort of deal with them? Mm, are you mm, Okay. Never he remember. might have. He I don't might have. I don't remember well enough to talk about it. Yeah, I, I don't know either. I mean, I, I totally. Agree. I'm just. I just can't remember it. There, there's so many things, so many elements, and so many things within this that I don't, I don't necessarily. I'm not, I'm not saying that it, that it's bad. It's just because of my experience with six, and I didn't actually finish six. I got so far in it, and then I just kind of stopped. It just kind of petered out. But I do kind of feel like by the end of it. Uh, I just was just kind of like, okay, I guess Resident Evil, you're just kind of over here doing your thing, huh? Like, okay, cool. And then all of a sudden with, with, is this, yeah, this is seven. All of a sudden seven, it's just like, oh, it's cool again. Oh, they actually gave a shit this time. Like I, I, I'm not, not to say that these other games didn't, I'm just saying that they, they did it in such a way that it, this felt a lot more approachable this time. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it made, it made that experience so much, so much better uh and and i and then and then now it was like anytime it says resident evil on the box i'm like oh i'm listening because because of how two was received and or the two remake um and yeah it just in general i think that that's that's very nice to see that it again as someone who has not been plot lines are yeah well they're always hard they're always hard to follow in resident evil games they only get harder to follow (laughs) Sure. And like seriously, like I replayed most of the Resident Evil games recently and I had done it last year and I still had trouble with it and I was reading a piece where somebody had tried to put together the timelines and make everything make sense. And there were things I read where I was like, That happened? Or that's what that was? We need a Raccoon City Historia. Yeah, like basically, yeah. Like the Oh my god. And and there's a lot of retconning of fiction too, which makes it more confusing. Yeah. Like Albert Wesker dies in Resident Evil One, but they have to make him come back in Resident Evil Four, and so they have to retcon a reason how he is able to come back. Resident Evil Two Revelations has Wesker's sister, 
I mean, I guess this stuff matters, but it doesn't. I mean, not to me. I really it, no, it doesn't. No, doesn't. It, it doesn't. It really doesn't. It, I, <laughs> I'll tell you. What, here's another thing, right? Okay, so you know these characters, you know, Jill Valentine, Chris Redfield. After so many games, here's another thing I can tell you that's not great about Resident Evil game. Ask me to explain what what Chris Redfield is like. Ask me okay. to explain. Well, explain what Chris Redfield is like, Chris, my pal. Bitch, I don't know, dude. <laughs> he has no personality. These char- All of the characters have no personality at all. I can't tell yeah. you anything about them because there's nothing interesting about them. It makes there's- sense. But can you imagine if they, like... Very true. I don't know. Oh not, until, for the first time- not until Resident Evil Revelations 2, where you play as Claire Redfield again and you play as uh, Barry Burton from the first game again, do you finally start to get some personality and some kind of, like, vested interest? Like, Barry Burton, it, like, he's trying to find his daughter. Like, he's estranged from his daughter. Like, that's, the, that's like the only time that there's, like, stakes for a character. Hmm. Well, okay. So okay. this is why this is why that game. I, I think why Seven kind of appealed to me so much too is because this is the first time you're not playing as like a, a named character. Like Ethan is new, right? To this. Yeah. To this story, he's a, so he's it feels a, like a reboot. It feels like a soft reboot. It feels like a reboot. It feels like like we've never we've never even approached this before. Like it feels it feels new. Like 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 almost as if they're just. You oh, said it's soft could, reboot. Yeah, it could be on brand new. Uh, uh, jump in with a new character and stuff like that. Like they should do that every time. Almost. I I, like. I think it's pretty smart considering the fact that I didn't have to know any of the lore of Resident Evil, even though there is the lore, but the lore was not important. That's that, it's that, absolutely not in this one, which was a good thing. That's that to me. What it sounds like, what Chris had like has delved deep in, you know, deep into. Um, that I didn't need to know any of that background whatsoever. I can just enjoy this entry alone as itself, even though it has like number seven on it. Like a new, like you don't need to play one through six whatsoever or any spinoff to to enjoy this game whatsoever. You can enjoy it as its own entity. And the only time Chris Redfield when he made the appearance at the very end of the game, like I'm Chris Redfield. I'm like, okay, well, that's, and that was really, it's a, the only tie in. That, 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 that was like, that, that was just was... to introduce that DLC and to make it clear that it's like, even the viruses and stuff weren't even right. Connected. Right. And so, so, so for anybody who has not played a resident evil game, who are, has played resident evil games and have not, it's like, good entry. they have not really, Ooh. really, uh, you know, I guess you would say, you know, played the other entries or anything like that. Like you've only played one, two, three, like, like myself, you don't need to play. It's not, I didn't, I didn't feel like I needed to play the previous entries to, to appreciate this one whatsoever. So when I say that I recommend it, if you like horror games, do it. And I, I feel like this game is a response to like, I think you mentioned it, Ben, like outlast amnesia, and I, I would actually would pr- approach this game more, more so than those other entries, um, because Outlast, no, just no, um, no. What's wrong with Outlast? Uh, just no. Um, it's <laughs> oh, okay. It's <laughs> just, just no. Oh, articulate. Uh, <laughs> Let me put it this way. I watched a full playthrough of that game and I 
I think um, the amount of stress you go through in that game, I don't think the very, let me put it this way. I don't think the destination is always the, like your journey. It's always, it's always about the journey, not really the destination, but the destination in that game. And for the amount of stress that I actually watched someone go through and I sat through and felt stressed for to get that kind of that ending. I was like, Oh, well, fuck this. No, I'm not going through all that trouble for it. No, not what you have to be into the thrill of being scared. Yes. Um, yeah, that has to be what you're interested. Yeah, it really does. Because outlast outlast did catch my attention for a while. I was like, I'm going to play this. And I watched someone play and I watched them complete full playthrough. And I saw the ending. I was like, Oh, um, that's a good point. Like, like there has to be a balance. You want you want there has to be a bit to something. Yeah, there has to be. Or you want the or or you want the gameplay to be something that's interesting for you. And it seems like it would just be more stressful than anything. Right, and that that to me, especially that ending, I was like, Oh, that's why I don't play something like the Slender Man game. There's nothing to it, man. Or or I won't play like Five Nights at Freddy's. Well, you're also you're also not a middle schooler, so I'd probably mess with it for a few minutes. Yeah, that's yeah. My 11 year old uh, nephew likes that. Yeah, I mean that, but that's kind of fun because it's like more urban legend, you know, type of stuff. But also, I think part of the fun too is they're into it because it's free entertainment on YouTube as well. Like, yeah, it is one of those things that they can can watch i like how we're all like trying to tell oh, they're kids these days like yeah, yeah. it's kids these days anyway but yeah um resident Evil 7 um you don't you don't have to play any of the any of the any of the other entries to enjoy it i i highly recommend it and it sounds like these other guys recommend it but i'm not gonna speak for them i'll let them speak for themselves so chris do you recommend resident yeah. evil 7 do you recommend it yes rec- recommend it definitely highly recommend it it's and like you like you said, I don't think you have to play any Resident Evil game before any other Resident. I think you can jump into any Resident Evil game to be honest with you, because the plots just aren't important. But this is definitely a one where you won't have the anxiety of like, wait, who is Chris Redfield? Who's Jill Valentine? Yeah, yeah, none of that. Josh. Uh, yes. Um, I like this game quite a lot. Um, I don't know that I would say that I like it. Well, I don't know. I'm re- I, so I'm replaying, um, or I, I guess I'm playing the remake of Resident Evil 2 right now. And it is interesting how different these two games are. That game is, uh, you know, much more puzzle focused and like, you know, you have like a certain order to like unlocking things and stuff like that. This game still has that that type of stuff, but it's you know there's much there's much more emphasis on like these set pieces and boss battles and stuff like that, which is it's a cool twist on it, I think. In Resident Evil Seven, it's just different. Yeah. Um, so like that was actually one of my favorite parts of this game is that they kind of threw in um, some things that made the 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 scale feel a little bit more epic than some other Resident Evil games, which is pretty cool. Um, and then also, of course, the, the first-person perspective is the unique part of this game. And I think it works pretty well. Played in VR, guys. Um, oh, oh I, my gosh. No. I wanted to ask that. Did anyone play that? Play it in VR or PSVR or anything? Nope, not no. happening. Oh, dang. Nobody has a PSVR, do they? Nope. I, I don't. No. no. I think I would I would be willing to try it, though. I would. Uh, 
just to see what it was like, just because I I'd be curious to see, you know, I, I I've heard nothing but good things, but also just there's certain things and certain elements I kind of wish kind of wish someone had played it in VR because I would have liked to see or like to know um, if a lot of the uh, elements like how did they make the entire game work that way? Like like oh, imagine yeah. having to make a, a, an experience that I can sit down and play in the way that you, in that we all did, you know, in the regular way, but then also has to work. Imagine trying to fix, find out how to fix that problem. Um, it's not to where, it, yeah. I mean, it's just, but I guess it, it might be okay. Cause it's all first person or whatever. I just know I wouldn't have any underwear left if I played in VR. So that's, <laughs> yeah, that's no, sure. Not just not, no, thank you. I, uh, I had I had to have uh, you and Josh with me all time. Something. Go for it. SP, I think you hit to the heart of... You made a really good point about... I don't play horror games either. and But I play Resident Evil games, and I play this game, and I play Resident Evil 2 Remake, which are more horror games than Resident Evil 4, 5, and 6 are. And... You made a good point about why I play these and why I wouldn't play something like Outlast or why I haven't played like Alien Isolation yet. Because those games are kind of solely focused on the scares. Yeah. And where these games are about, there's puzzles and there's unraveling kind of a mystery sometimes to, uh, to, to a certain point. And then there's some action. There's just more. You know, mm. th- there, there's there's more to do. It's, you know, yeah, that's... Dead, the Dead Space games were scary, but they were also action games and they were narrative based. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dead Space is so, good too. I thought it was, I was chicken shit. And when I realized this, it's just, it's just it's... not what I want in a game. Yeah, the, the, the appeal of more than just jump scares is appealing just because you have the ability... Yes to actually feel like you're making progress and, and you feel empowered when you are given very limited supplies and you have to just make it work or make it through barely alive. Yeah. I, I, I want my efforts to feel rewarded to a degree. I want my <laughs> levels of stress to feel like I went through all this stress, but I felt pretty good after completing it. You know, I felt pretty decent yeah. after completing resident evil seven. I was like, this was a good, great. This is a pretty great game. I have my gripes. You want a reward for being scared. You don't want being scared to be the reward. Yeah, that's no. That's that's a negative. Yeah, that's right. I'm with you on that. Yeah, yeah. That. I mean, other than that, um, my only I did mention I had a gripe and was that it was near the very end of the game, uh, when you're going through the mine shafts, uh, it felt like it became instead of like a horror thriller, it became more of a shooter. And shooting is not this game's strong suit. Definitely not a strong suit in this game, because uh, those black group, black goopy creatures. What do they have a name? I don't know if they have a name, but the molded, the molded. Okay, they're called the molded. Okay, because once they like, you had like five spawn in one room, and you're just like, okay, we completely shifted gears here, and this is not this. I don't mind it when they're peppered throughout the game. We have like one or two. That's like, that to me is much more scarier. And the thing is they can do a lot of damage, get five in one room. And it's like, okay guys, this is not, no, I'm sorry. Like that's, that's when my level of frustration increased because you got a backup. And so you can take the shooting is not that good in the game though. The only reason why it was 
good enough was because it happened periodically. And if it was when you didn't counter them, it was like one or two at most. Then this game was like you hit you you hit on a core you hit on a core aspect of Resident Evil games, and that is that in the combat there's there's always limitations, and the gameplay is based around limitations. Like in the first games, it's based around like you can can see like the tank controls and what you can see. Yes, so you have to wait till sometimes you can't shoot at a zombie unless well sometimes you have to either be shooting blindly or you have to wait for the zombie to be on top of you to be shooting at it or you know like resident evil 4 you can't move and shoot or resident evil 2 remake even like you have melee weapons but they break or you can now that you can aim really well the limitation is that headshots are not one-shot kills most of the time <laughs> oh, man. so and there's no auto aim in the game at all so like yeah. they're always and it's a divisive aspect of Resident Evil games. They're based on the gameplay is always based on limitation. And they build the encounters and the enemies that you fight based around the fact that you have limitations. Mm-hmm. But when they start to throw like in this game, the limit one you have limitations and one of the ways they deal with it is not throwing a lot of enemies. But as soon as they start throwing a lot of enemies at you, all of a sudden like how they build that gameplay starts to fall apart a little bit on you because you're like this is not something the game has asked me to have to do up to this point, And it doesn't seem like the game is built for me to have to do this. Yep. That and was... so it's just doing that thing that all games want to do where it's like, well, we need to throw a lot of stuff at you because it's the end of the game. So we got to throw a lot at you. That's, that's what it felt like. And that's that. Where is that? My last bit of frustration came in. Cause I was like, I was loving the game up until that point while I had some frustrations here and there. But this part of the game, I was like, no. Just I just said no. That's why. And most other Resident Evil games don't do that. It's weird that they do it. Because what most Resident Evil games do at the end of them is they actually make you feel overpowered. And it's a reward for the fact that you've saved ammunition or you've gotten all of these guns. And so now that the timer started and the place is going to explode because I saved this magnum ammo, now I'm just going to fucking shoot. Well, I'm going to one-shot these zombies and these hunters now because mm-hmm. I'm rewarded for having saved this ammunition. Where here it was like, throw two of these big-ass fucking dudes or what? what, what there were those big ass fucking dudes that have you fight that spit at you. Yep. And then they're like, well, we've already had you fight one once and we had you fight one another time. Now, I guess what, what can we do? That's different. We'll have you fight two. <laughs> it's just not a thing that resident evil games do. And it, it was a little frustrating. I'm with you. Yeah. It's just, it's something that other games did. Another game that did it recently was Wolfenstein Two: the new Colossus. It got annoying at the end of that game because all it could think to do was to, where before you fought two of a certain type of enemy, it's like, okay, now we're going to have you fight four, and that's the encounter. Yeah. It's like, and that's not interesting. It's not. It's not. And I think that that was just unfortunate because I think the end, the cap, the cap, the ending was, was pretty great too. But up to that point, I was like, oh, this sucks. It just, it was just, it was just un- very unfortunate that it, it took that turn. And it's, it's brief. Don't get me wrong. It's a brief, but it's it's unwelcoming. It's just not not really that enjoyable. Okay, but other I think that, those are really. I was just gonna say, I think you guys made some really good points. I wonder if part of the temptation for them to do that was the fact that this is a first person shooter rather than third person. 
it you know could, what I mean? it, it could just be. Like lends itself well to action normally. Right. And yeah. to you guys' point, like, you know, when they try to do that, because every other first person shooter does that, it just doesn't work out with their gameplay. Yeah, it's it's so, it's just, it's just not it, it wasn't their focus. Like it just obviously was not their sole focus of the game. And that's perfectly fine, but don't shove it in my face and make me do it. It's it's weird yeah. because they resisted that Resident Evil 2 the remake has very modern third-person shooting controls. The only thing that the the big limitation it has is it doesn't have any auto aim. But that game very much resists the urge to have a moment where there's lots and lots of enemies thrown at you in a way that you don't have control over it. Because usually if you're swarmed, it's because you're not being smart in that game. But there is one point in that game where you are swarmed with a bunch of zombies one moment in that game and it works really well. I'm not going to ruin it. But they smartly designed it. It's not at the end of the game. It's more like midway into the game where they, where this happens. But... I, it's weird that they did that here, yes. and I think you're probably right, the, Josh. I think it was the it, it's a first person game. It's the end of the game, and they're like, "How can we pad this out?" Right. I don't know. Yeah, it was just I don't bizarre. know if it's just a lazy thing where it's like it's the end of development, it's the end of developing the game, and you're like, "Well, we got to figure out how do we make this." You know, it's hard to end games. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not pro at it. It's just. It was the just, last. The last fight isn't that interesting either. It's not. But I kind of like the revelation of it though, which it made sense. I do too. I like the revelation yeah. of it. So, I, I was like, okay, I liked that, that there was a gun called Albert yep, W. Yep. <laughs> yep. I like that too. Albert W. Well, guys, wasn't that what the gun was called? Yeah. It was called, uh, the Albert. It was Albert. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, I thank you for playing the game. And also, a really big thanks to Josh and Ben for playing the game with me and keeping me company while we traversed through, what, 12 hours of hell together, which was nice. And thank you for Ben for not spoiling anything while, because I'm sure he just enjoyed himself as Josh and I screamed. I disagree about the ending. I liked it. Uh, I, just mean the actual, I just mean the actual fight wasn't great. Uh, well, yeah. the fight, but I meant like the leading up to it and getting through the salt mines and stuff like that. I felt like I was getting more and more empowered. They were giving me more weapons. Oh. And so I was in this, the music was swelling a little bit more and oh. I kind of felt like, and I would, I would probably say if, if, if the shooting part isn't necessarily what you like or, or getting thrown into a room full of enemies, um, maybe I would avoid no more here or not a hero, uh, DLC because, there are moments where that definitely happens. And so like they throw, they throw like five, six people at you at a time in a very small space. And I will say those are the low points, but I mean, I liked the, the change up, the switch up that happens. I also like the, the um, one thing that we didn't bring up either. Uh, Interesting. Was, was the uh, different perspectives in character. I don't think we've ever like had outer body, like, you know, where you know, normally in a Resident Evil game, you'd stick with Ethan and you would stick with him all the way through, or you'd switch to the other characters, see what the other character's doing. But the way they do that in this is very interesting. You find these VHS tapes and you put them in the VCR and then you experience a one-off, you know, little story that happens. And I, I kind of like that as well. Those are fun, um, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, and, and they're, some of them are a little puzzly, like the happy birthday one. Totally, you don't have to do it. I think you don't have to. 
I don't think you have you to did. either, but I did it and it was demented. Yeah, they're, sometimes they're worth it because you get something for it or whatever. But anyways, I, I, yeah, I just wanted to, just Wrong. Wanted to disagree. Wrong. <laughs> I gotta say that the Chris Redfield thing, if it's more, if it starts off action oriented, that game's telling you that thing is telling you exactly what it wants it to be. Whereas, I mean, it's not Die Hard or anything, but, but yeah. But the I thing mean, is, I will argue that. The very first half hour of this game is just slowly walking it's through. Quiet, yeah. It's very it's quiet, atmosphere. and that's not. But it builds. Yeah, it builds up, but it doesn't build up to a fucking sh- shoot off. Anyway, or does it? No, it doesn't. <laughs> I God. think it's very. Inter- I think it's very interesting that you guys had two different takes at the on the end there, because I get yeah. your perspective, SB, and Ben. What, what you felt is what I think is how an end of a Resident Evil game is supposed to feel. Like I was saying, you're supposed to feel OP at the end of a Resident Evil game because you've <laughs> saved up things. Right? Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't know about anyway, uh, after that. I, I thank you guys for gaming with me, and I hope yep. I hope the listeners play this game too. Also, uh, our next game. Oh, oh, oh! Baby. I heard that. Is I heard, that a Noah? Is that a Noah? I heard this that a Noah. Um, the next it's game. Like the first are, time I've ever heard him make a sound. I know he's just so quiet. Keep going. I'll be right back. Okay. Okay. So the next game that we are going to be playing for the show is called The Messenger. And then immediately after the messenger is Sonic Mania. Uh, so All far, right. have you guys? How far along are you guys with the messenger? I'm just curious if you guys have started playing it. Um. Well, Chris, you can go first. I think you guys. I don't even know what that, I, don't, I don't even know what that is. So I'm. <laughs> Chris, Chris, do you like Ninja Gaiden? Yeah. Oh my God! All right. Um, like, like, like from like on Xbox, N- Ninja Nintendo, Gaiden, or like Nintendo, like NES, Ninja NES, Gaiden. NES, Ninja Gaiden. Oh, um, is there another game you compare that to? Is it anything like Shinobi? Uh, could be, could be. I actually don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Then I, I don't know because I, I don't know if I've played a game like it. Okay, Josh, how about you, bud? So, um, man, I don't want to like spoil anything, right? Uh, um, I am to where things take a turn in the game pretty hard, and it sort of becomes a little different. Are we talking about <laughs> going back and forth? Like, are we? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking about where you you get a lot of more choice in what to do. Ah, uh, okay. I, I, I'm the genre almost flips. Right. So instead of becoming a what could be viewed as a typical side scrolling game, it becomes more of a it Metroidvania. Becomes more of a Metroidvania. So yes. Yes. I get to, I get what you're I get, and yep. I am very early on. I don't know if I need to go back to the hub area and like do like do it in a different order, but like I'm at a place where it just like feels broken. Like there's no way for me like it's Either like I suck really bad and the difficulty has spiked <laughs> massively, or like I, I don't know. Like it's it's very unclear. So I think I've <clears throat> come to the first point either way in this game where I'm like, what the fuck are they doing? Like this doesn't make any sense. But have even you... up to that point, it, it's it's a fantastic game up to that point. Right. So. Uh, ha- let me ask you this. I'm not gonna spoil anything, but have you found an amulet? Amulet. And the, uh, have you found the amulet? 
I don't think so. I don't recall. Okay. Actually. It's been a minute. So I know go. that when you find an amulet that you need to go to the glacial mountains. That's about it so far. Get to the top okay. of the glacial mountains. So okay. if, you, if you need to look up something, try finding something about that. And yeah, because I had, a, I had, I had a brain fart. I had a brain fart and I figured it out what okay. I needed to do. Because once you start doing that, it actually starts giving you quests to go on, go on this journey. Okay. okay. So that hopefully that helps you out, man. Hopefully that helps you out. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. We'll look into that. Okay. How long is this game? Oh boy, not that long. It's not. I don't know. Maybe like ten hours. Maybe if not. What all? What, what all? It's on PC. What else is it on? Switch. Switch. Uh, PS4 Switch. And Switch. Okay. PS4. Yeah. I see. I think you'll like it. It's it's really good. It's it's a very solid like um, action platformer. Yeah, you know, in the in a new school NES SNES style. You guys mentioned um, uh, uh, Castle or Metroidvania type, but mm-hmm. I would not have guessed this game changes at all because it's so uh, like Ninja Ga- Ninja Gaiden uh, or uh, mm-hmm. um, like mm-hmm. uh, like a NES type, you know, where you know where you just you go from one end of the level to the other. I'm still stuck in not stuck, but like still within that 8-bit era uh just knowing that something happens in 16-bit you know which which is which was very enticing but to know that it turns into a a metroidvania is kind of cool too so so yeah yeah it it definitely shifts gears it does but there is quests that you can go on so that's this is when you actually have to start paying attention to the dialogue so that's so if you have not been really paying attention to it because the dialogue itself has been kind of humorous and just rot with that type of humor. I definitely yeah. have. Uh, I then stuff. you'll be, then you should be in shape then. And then, like I said, Sweet. after that, it is uh Sonic mania. So, uh, some good That's old free on PlayStation plus. This- hey, yeah, I, pl- I planned it out that way, Chris. So you're, you're very welcome. Okay. <laughs> totally planned it out like that. So download that shit and get on it. You did it. You got something for free, bud. You made it happen. I'm going to clap for you. No uh, colorblind mode, I see, though, still. <sighs> I'm sorry, Pat. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> On that note, uh, we are bouncing out of here, and uh, we'll be back with another episode talking about The Messenger from Devolver Digital. Have a good one, guys. Peace out. Bye-bye.